The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. back here and analyze this and uh, I want to thank um, the USDA um, Ms. Uh, Silberman Ms. Bradford and Ms. Tiger for joining us uh, in our number one and we got um, Real R-E-A-L Dr. Jessica Samuel joining us here in our number two but before we do that uh, some programming notes uh, for tonight we got the PBS News Hour at 7 we got the Washington Report at 8 at 8.30 we got the American Experience, um, explore how three black diplomats broke racial barriers at the U.S. State Department during the Cold War. Uh, that going to go from 8.30 to 9.30. Then we got PBS Arts Talk, half hour, from 9.30 to 10. Miss Scarlett and the Duke of our Masterpiece, Eliza, must find a fugitive charged with murder or risk losing everything. That's from 10 to 11. And then Funny Woman from 11 to midnight, the team reunite. To record a triumphant last show, but there are still surprises in store for Barbara. And then, of course, at midnight, I'm important company, uh, which normally is 11 o'clock, but time turned back. Uh, but we're going to turn forward uh, in a little bit uh, down the road, okay? Sometime in March. Now, I believe, um, I believe they, they talk about the, the diplomats, right? And I want to believe... Oh, Terrence Todman was supposed to be a part of that one. There we go. Yep. Edward Dudley, Terrence Todman, and Carl Rowan. Okay, those are the three. Okay. Uh, black diplomats who broke the racial barriers at the U.S. State Department. That's from tonight, uh, 8.30 until 9.30. So you definitely want uh, to look out for that one. So thank you, Robert Mitchell, for that weather update. Now we're going to uh, bring uh, Miss, excuse me, Dr. Jessica Samuel, uh, into the mix. Uh, good morning, uh, Dr. Samuel. Welcome to Analyze This. How are you? Good morning, Mr. James. Thank you for having me. I was, I was talking about you earlier this year. You you and um, Miss, Miss Brown, Shalana, uh, you um, were presenters at the, the, his, the historic... The Society for of Virgin General's Historians. Miss Rizendi. Uh, yes. She was here uh, earlier. That was a January event, right? January 20th or something like that? Correct. Yeah. How'd that went? It went well. Mm-hmm. It was my first time presenting um, for the society. I actually recently became a member just last year since I've been transitioning back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been very pleased with the type of programming they're invested in. A lot of the individuals who are on the, on the, well, in the society and our members are really committed to Virgin Islands history, culture, heritage, and its preservation. So I'm always excited to be a part of conversations and events that relate to all of that. Who is Jessica Samuel? <laughs> you just jump straight into it, man. Yeah, you man. didn't give me a chance to catch my breath. No, sir. No, you, that, because I could done see you were going in full flight, so I had to kind of, uh, I had to rein you back in to, so to, 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 to do the introduction back. And the, pub, the public hearing you articulating at this this um, 
Darth Met level. Oh my you know what God. I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I, I'm liking it. So, sure, so sure. Talk, talk about that. Yes. Um, so because I, I know you're, you're, you're actually abandoned us on St. Croix and moved wow, to St. John. So, so, you know what I mean? But I, oh my I, goodness. I, I, I'll, get, I'll get to that, you know, to that painful Never. discussion. <laughs> yeah, don't Never. Really. No abandonment. No, no I'm no, a Virgin no. Islander through no, and through. No, look, look. <laughs> Every, anybody who, who decides they're going move to St. John, they get a pass. St. John has a a soft spot in our heart. So so you're good. I love to hear that. Great. So yes, Dr. Jessica Samuel, Jessica S. Samuel. I am many things. I am a Afro-Caribbean woman. I am a Virgin Islander. I am a Krujan. I am a Jonian. I am a social justice advocate, educational equity expert. You know, I wear many hats, but I am someone who's committed to liberation and justice very plainly, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born and raised here on St. Croix. I grew up between Harborview and John F. Kennedy Housing Projects mm-hmm. before my mother got married to a St. John resident, and that's how we made our way over there. Oh, so you ain't had no say in this I then. had zero say, oh, and you were oh, here no, blaming no, me. You completely, you completely <laughs> excuse. You, you, you had the, you, I was but a child. This is just pack up the bundle, we got you, we got Exactly. Go. Okay, yeah, yes. so, so we're good. Right, so I moved to St. John, and I attended Julia Sproul School, and then to Coral Bay, and then eventually I went to Gift Hill and graduated from there. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw that, I saw that, that's, that's awesome. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you know. Um, but you were lucky though. How so? <clears throat> you ain't have to wake up five o'clock in the morning to catch a boat to go to either again. <sighs> Correct. And just, just being yes. very candid. Oh, you yes, know what let's saying? talk so, about it. So that's why we thank moms and dads, you know, for looking out. You and know what I'm saying? we thank financial aid. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know what I'm honestly, so, I would yeah. not have... I remember when we were making the move, my mom was thinking long and hard. She was like, what will be your future when it comes to high school? You mm-hmm. know, I had did I had done ninth grade here on St. Croix. I did... I attended St. Croix Seventh-day Adventist okay. school. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had 10th to 12th to, to finish. And mm-hmm. mom really wanted to know, am I going to put you under those I, circumstances? I, 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 or? I'm not going to allow you with, with, with this big vocabulary that you got to say finish. Matriculate. 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 You're oh. you you 10, 11, and 12 to matriculate. To, you know, finish. I, I ain't gonna allow you to use that term. Okay, right I'm, excuse me. Since you're there already. You're correct. And, and you'll, get me, you'll get me in this. Wow, world. wow, wow. So we're up here, we're elevated. <laughs> um, let's stay up here see, then. See, see that? See thank that? you, thank you for I, keeping I was using a hand thing, but you, let, you use the terminology elevated. You know Absolutely. Saying? I still had 10, 11, and 12 to matriculate. I, yes, I needed to matriculate <laughs> for 10. I'm just 12, having right? fun. No, I love just, it. Just to break the tension. That's yeah, all. no. Yeah. So. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, it took a minute and she really didn't feel comfortable about having me take that trip like my peers did. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having to ask, you know, the administrators at Give Hill to really do what they needed to do Mm -hmm. to to make provision for me to attend. And it was great. And we we did what we needed to do. (laughs) No, I I, I spent a night on St. John, had to get back to St. Thomas to work when I was a senator. That was painful, just even thinking about it and talking now. Right. Seeing the, this beautiful young little girl who was going to St. Peter and Paul's, and she go catch a six o'clock boat. You know, that, that, that was painful to, to process, and I was 40 at the time, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And no, sir, that one rough, man, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I could only imagine, you know, um, you know, what it's like as a parent to have to, you know, prepare your child because rest, the rest component 
as when a, while a child is growing is so valuable. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So if you know, it, it, now if they go and sleep eight, nine o'clock at night to wake up five, then that's okay. You know what I'm saying? But they still need more. You know, they need to, to that that early morning part that, that that was rough there. So you graduate from Giffill. Yes. And you do what after that? So I was lucky again to get a full ride through Questbridge Scholarship, and I attended Wesley University, Middletown, Connecticut. Um, so once again, my family were not forced to have to go into their pockets that were not that deep anyway to begin with. And I ended up uh, majoring in African-American studies and cultural anthropology. Mm-hmm. Upon graduation, I was a bit disillusioned with academia, though I had been prepped and trained to go into academia and pursue a PhD at the time through the Mellon Mays undergraduate fellowship. I was sort of um, spent. My grandmother had died the year, my senior year, my last year of college, and I felt like there weren't many support systems through the university. So I was looking for alternatives and I was eventually recruited by Teach for America to go and teach high school students in some of the most challenging areas of the United States. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in St. Louis, Missouri, randomly, yes, with no family, nor prior ties or connections. And I taught high school students from ninth to 12th grade for a little over three years. In St. Louis itself? In St. Louis, Missouri itself, yes. Now, you know, the, 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 one of the poorest cities in, 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 in America is East St. Louis, Absolutely. Illinois. With some of the highest crime rates yeah, yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah. So I, I learned that. Uh, uh, my, um, guess what, like college years when you're studying. And uh, St. Louis itself is a beautiful city. Right. Yes. You got a lot of history, but they got some racial issues there. Um, did you have to deal with that? I would say yes and no. I had some very unique experiences when it came to race. Um, you know, I was actually teaching in the middle of the Ferguson uprising. So oh, really? absolutely. <laughs> my first time teaching seniors, um, my first year teaching seniors, Michael Brown had died and he lived in the same housing complex as a few of my students who attended oh, um, the magnet school I taught at. And it was a very challenging and trying time for all of us, trying to make sense of what was happening in their city trying to make sense of themselves, my students, that is, as black subjects, as black citizens, as black students, um, and try to figure out what all of that meant for their education and their educational options. And to be honest with you, Mr. James, that is exactly what propelled me into my PhD. Eventually, I thought to myself, there is something very critical taking place in public schooling and the ways in which our environment, our social, political, economic environments really impact how learning happens needs to be studied further. And so that inspired me to apply to graduate school and I ended up going to Boston University. Went to BU? I went to BU. That's a powerful school. It is. Yeah. I had a great fortune. I don't play basketball. A Boston a guy named Paul Hendricks from back in the day went to BU. And okay. uh, so uh, we, we got... They have a strong athletics department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BU, BU... Uh, a lot of people know Boston College is actually more popular than Boston University. So they right? say. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And Harvard. Right? Oh, obviously. You know, Harvard there across the across yes. the lake. So that's that's, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you come back home when? 
Oh, man. The first time I returned home since that journey was in 2019. Mm-hmm. I returned to St. John to conduct my field work for my dissertation project. And I spent... You, how many years removed from Gift Hill at that point? What is it? I graduated Gift Hill 2009. 10. So 10. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. A full 10. A okay. full decade. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. That's the reason why we're having this conversation. So you can put things in that chronological perspective. So sure, when, yeah. Going forward, you can let them know I, 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 was out, I was out of Dodge for 10 years and I came back home. You know I came back home. Yeah. And, you know, I was visiting during that mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. coming for summers oh, and yeah, things, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But living consistently, no. Mm-hmm. So I came back home and I was, you know, I went diving headed in to do all of the data collection I needed to do, visit archives and conduct interviews with local St. Jonians and Virgin Islanders to learn about the big question that I was asking for my dissertation research, which is why is there no public high school on St. John? Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up circling back to that very critical question that was so relevant to my own upbringing. Um, And it was illuminating to say the very least. I'm going to let you pry according to how you want to pry. But yeah, that's how I got back to Home, 2019. Mm -hmm. And then I made my way over here to St. Croix after kind of doing a roundabout thing from St. Vincent to Houston, Texas, and finally deciding that it's time for me to come back to the Big Island. Talk about St. Vincent. Ooh. We like like down there. Yes. So my mother is a Vincentian. Okay. Um, I am, my my root, my my ancestry is a mix-up. St. Lucian, Vincentian, and we make our way back to the Virgin Islands, actually, because our great-grandmother is originally from Tatola. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was in St. Vincent in, at the height of the pandemic, honestly. I was here. Um, I had finished. I'd wrapped up my research forcibly because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, and it kind of shut down everything. But luckily, I had pretty much accomplished 90% of my data collection. So I decided to return to St. Croix, spend some time here with my mother who was living in Lorraine Village at the time. And she was just really distraught by the pandemic and decided she would like to spend that lockdown period back home where she could be outside in her garden doing her thing. And she wanted me to accompany her, which I resisted initially, but eventually succumbed to. (laughs) And I did, I went to St. Vincent, my entire family ended up trickling down, my sister and her children. And we were there for about two years, living during the pandemic. I was wrapping up my dissertation and defending. Um, and during that time, also, we were recovering from a volcano eruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I was just going to get to that because we had, we had on people from St. Vincent because there were efforts to re- support uh, and relieve efforts um, that um, were, going, were taking place. But I wanted to figure out... So we said one lockdown for an extended amount of time during the pandemic? They were, but loosely. And oh, it happened okay. gradually. Okay, okay. You know, the mask um, mandate sort of trickled in. And it, they, I think, were some of the last people, or one of the last islands to eventually, you know... How did make out in the pandemic? Since you were down there, how did Vincent make out? I don't know. I, I, it uh, was hard. It was difficult in many ways. And I think that that difficulty was exacerbated by the eruption, no doubt, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We found ourselves really in a tough spot, having to advocate for our own selves and to generate aid. So we ended up doing a lot of um, campaigning and fundraising. We started a GoFundMe, which ended up into the launch of the Village 
um, activist, which is a nonprofit that I also run. My sister, Dr. Galen Guy, was responsible for galvanizing her network of University of Virgin Islands colleagues and staff and all kinds of people across the world to send barrels and food and money so that we could help communities that had been devastated and families who were displaced from the volcanic zone. So it was a challenge, you know, and trying to do all of that while also defending my dissertation <laughs> was very taxing. But we made it because we pulled together as community and family. Who's, who's the young lady? This yeah. woman here who's saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the background is my sister. <laughs> the Dr. Galen guy, yes, from UVI. Don't be acting shy here every day, yeah? Right, we can all let mm-hmm. Pana headphone to, Pana headphone to, yeah. So, um, yes. this, this is awesome. Uh, pull the microphone up. The engineer gonna make sure that he set it up so that we can hear. Good morning, Doctor Guy. Good, good morning, sir. How are you? Fine, thank you. Welcome to Analyze This. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. The little sister or young or older sister? <laughs> now, what are you going to think? I don't want to assume because you know ass- mm. assumption is the mother of a lot of bad things. She is the baby sister. Yes, she, she's the baby. Yeah. Okay, that's good. One Last that we're six. very proud of. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What school you went to? Me? Yeah. Wow. I did Elena, Arthur Richards, and Central High. So you're a Karim? You graduated from Central High? No. Where, where'd you graduate from? I did not graduate. Can mm-hmm. you believe it? Oh, okay. okay I did not graduate from Central High. Mm-hmm. I um, I was one of those who was skipping classes mm-hmm. in 10th grade. No, I, 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 um, I, I went from St. Dunstan to Central High for one year. Mm-hmm. That, that was a, a educational disaster. Listen, I, I, yes. I, 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 I couldn't, I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't rein in myself from the freedom I had on right. the campus. So as, as soon as that school year done, I went back to St. Dunstan. My, yeah. my dad and did the right thing. He, he protected me from myself. And my but, mom but, did but, the but, same thing. But it was a, it was a social, it, it was a social necessity because it kind of toughened me up. I was kind of soft. Mm. Mm. So when I got back to, to St. Dunstan, they really couldn't talk to me. How they used to talk to me before. From Central High, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you had to be there, you know what I mean? Uh, right. I had instances where, you know, uh, uh, when I was there, you know, uh, so back gym Sunday and all that stuff. But uh, no, no, it, there's silver linings and everything. Yes. So, so, so I'm going with that. So you went after Central Way, though? My mom thought this is not going to work for her. Mm-hmm. I, I need to save this child. And I was packed up and sent to Job Corps. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Ed- Edison, New Jersey? Oh. Edison, New Jersey, I became. I was, I was part of that. Mm-hmm. The first Edison, New Jersey queen of, of the time. But, that's right, that's right, yeah. But that's right, I was it. We're going to take a break. Uh, conversation yeah. get real good there just now. <laughs> Uh, I will talk some more with the doctors uh, here uh, on Analysis this morning. Be back right after this. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go a non-profit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our non-profit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. 
Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here. I analyze this, and I was joined this morning by um, Tuawi, right? Dr. Jessica Samuel, and oh, I'm sure I pronounced it correctly. Dr. Gail Ann Guy. Gail Ann Guy. That's what we're talking about. Uh, big sister. They're um, making sure that the little sister. Uh, Oh, they said locally, mind her manners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now just having fun, having fun, they're teasing, and we're good. Uh, Dr. Guy, so you do the job core thing, and then after that? Wow. And and so job core happened. Mm-hmm. I came back home to St. Croix, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, I got the fever for education and wanted to make um, life better for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I... Um, Went back again to the States, and I applied uh, to Oakwood University after finishing job call. Uh, got accepted, uh, did my years at Oakwood in Huntsville, Alabama, and then moved to Berrien Springs, Michigan, where I did my master's and completed completed social work. So you, you went from deep south to, to up, uh, up, up, cold up, north. Cold north. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the journey began, and after my graduate, undergrad, and graduate studies, I thought, um, how how can I give back to my community in a capacity that will make a difference? And so, um, learning some of the social um, abnormalities, I thought that coming back home, and not just home in Saint Croix, but how can I even? go back to where my mom was from and, you know, work on some of the issues there. And so I did my dissertation on uh, gender-based violence, addressing the gaps in policies and how we could fix those gaps and what we could improve um, to change 
not Damascus, but my masses, but my intentions with if I could work with one and that one can have a ripple effect, we can we can make a difference because I know with the one it would stick. Um, and so the one reach one, each one reach one in that in that in that um, in that order. So you're a social worker and public health educator. How you know that? I looked you up here on LinkedIn. <laughs> man. I am a social worker and a public health educator, and I am an activist. I like to think of myself as a feminist, um, a social science as far as humanities and social human behavior. Um, I've worked as a clinician here in St. Croix um, and in America. Um, Yeah, and now I am at uh, UVI. I moved from Reno, Nevada back to uh, UVI. I was an assistant professor there and thought I could do better. I could give back to my own community and UVI was it. Reno. Yeah. Wow, you've been all over the place. Uh, of course. Back again. I like that. That's what you do. <clears throat> I like that. So, Ms. Samuel, um, thank you for bringing your big sister uh, with you this morning. Uh, let me talk about um, the realities, our historic, historical realities uh, uh, here in the Virgin Islands and uh, our obligation to uh, educate the people of the territory about how rich, as a term I like to use, uh, I used to play domino uh, with a man, he, he passed away recently, uh, Sam Freeman. Uh, when, he, when he would beat me in a game, he used to tell me, this thing too rich for you. You <laughs> <laughs> trash talk, you know what I mean? Right, right. But but in in this in this context, um, when I say rich, I mean rich as defined, mm-hmm. you know, um, full of everything, right? the Virgin Islands and our history going back. Uh, so what I think Saint John, I think seventeen thirty three, right after that, right that that revolt, mm-hmm. uh, this region in our region and 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 how we we are actually were trendsetters. And so, so how do we get uh, the people of the Virgin Islands to appreciate our to appreciate ourselves and our contributions more um, than we that, that we have and that we do and that and that unfortunately, um, you know, uh, we're hoping that it's not the case going forward. Of course, such a good question. Yeah, I think that an appreciation for your heritage and culture is really about exposure and education and also about your situation. Mm -hmm. And when I say situation, what I mean is how we as a people, as Virgin Islanders, situate ourselves within the larger context of our existence and realities as people belonging to the diaspora. I think that in many ways, our connection to the United States um, and our territorial status actually inhibits us from really thinking about ourselves as people who are connected to other African descended and black people within the region who have belonged to this long legacy of liberation and justice and fighting against all forms of oppression. When we understand how we fit into a larger puzzle, I think what we tend to do is appreciate our own contributions to that puzzle. And I believe that a lot of um, our students, our people in general are disconnected. We're disconnected from our identity as 
Virgin Islands people, as Caribbean people, as African descended people. And that connection is reinforced by community and how we see and understand ourselves. Wow. <clears throat> so um, if one is listening to you uh, now and, and hearing that um, there needs to be um, greater connectivity um, with our past, our our ancestral, um, <clears throat> our undeniable uh, ancestral, because we are people of color. Mm -hmm. We're black people. I mean, let's just be very, very candid here, right? Uh, and 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 the fact that uh, while we may be inhibited, that's that's what you believe, uh, because we're a territory. Um, we're we're also fortunate because um, we are the the the, the predominant demographic here in the Virgin Islands, which, which, which gives, um, that's just the realities of life globally, mm -hmm. right? It gives, there, there is a sense of comfortability as a result of that, right? You said you lived in St. Louis. Yes. St. Louis, uh, racial discrimination, and, uh, unfortunately, is synonymous with, with cities like St. Louis. Correct. You know, um, so, so from that standpoint, the glass, whenever the glass is half empty, that means it's also half full, mm -hmm. right? So how do we max out what attributes we have to make for a better local existence yeah um i think that it's a multi-pronged solution does it start with education absolutely mm -hmm. i think education is one of the most important prongs I think what happens in the classroom is absolutely influential for how students understand themselves and therefore understand their role in community. Who, who played a role in our life? Uh, to, 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 to learn, you know that, you know, um, because I listening to I, I, I consider myself well spoken, but me really there in our league. Wow. Right? Um, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. You, if you graduated in, in 2009, I graduated in '82. That means you're in you're you're in your early 30s. You know what I'm yes. saying? You really are a baby, right? Uh, and to listening to both of you, you know, break down the English language here and um, articulate at, at this awesome, uh, receptive, yet still lay people level, right? That's a gift, right? So something happened. At what point do you realize? Ain't just about education. It's about articulating what you've learned. Mm, wow, I love that. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think I'll hit your first question first, which is like, how did I come to appreciate my role in community mm -hmm. and understand my contributions and the potentials of it? Truthfully, I would say it started at home. Mm -hmm. You know, it started with a mother who was really adamant about making sure that we had all the opportunities we could afford with what we had. So she worked often as a housekeeper, right? She worked carambola, buccaneer. She labored as a domestic worker for years. And we all, she also labored to provide for our um, recently deceased disabled brother. And it was a lot of juggling and figuring out, you know, how to manage. And she relied on public assistance 
right? We lived in the projects. <laughs> but at the same time, that did not define our existence. And she consistently exposed us to information and history that would, A, really develop a sense of cultural pride as Black people, as Black women. I remember watching Beloved <laughs> at a very young age mm-hmm. and The Color Purple. And those are a little traumatic, you know, you know but they left impressions on me because I thought to myself, wow, like black people are so uh, resistant. We are so um, resilient. We are so powerful. And I knew that there was something special about our history and who we were and where we were coming from. So I would say it is my mom, you know, it's our household, what she did there. She always made sure that I was reading books when there were down when there was downtime she was like get a book and write a book report read something i don't care what you doing and write a book report right um and so there were all of these little moments where we were encouraged i was encouraged to consistently see myself as a learner as someone who was capable but as someone who also belonged to a larger uh community of people a larger existence outside of what i could immediately see dr guy I want to um, interject as well and take it a bit further. Um, I had the opportunity uh, to be raised by my grandmother for a bit, for the first nine years of my existence. And she was community. She was all about community. Um, I remember the conversations. You 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 were I was born in St. Vincent. St. Vincent? Yeah. I remember the conversation she would have about education and how she would um, recite Sparrow. Children go to school and learn well. Mm-hmm. I remember she used to tell us about how she only had but a third grade education and she, uh, you know, plant did her 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 her, her corn and, and peanuts and potatoes right with vegan vitality i remember she, her she could, have, she could have balanced a basket absolutely i remember her taking us in the community right and and visiting houses on on the weekend community building mm-hmm. that sense of community this so was, i this, knew this, was, or this was in Stubbs, st vincent Stubbs. Mm-hmm. um Stubbs, st vincent and even when she came to the united states it was all about community right how we visit the neighbors next door and say good afternoon good evening how are you doing mm-hmm. you know when i was doing Th- things, my, that, things that don't exist on the mainland when i yeah and mm-hmm. so that was instilled in us from an early age and mommy boy i remember we used to have long lists of spelling words <laughs> and if I watch a movie or I was watching television, I just couldn't watch the television. I need to tell her the beginning, the plot, and how the story end. I just didn't do things, you know, just because. I don't even remember having a, a, a dolly. I remember my toys were building blocks and jigsaw puzzle. No, no, can I Bobby for it? Listen. You understand? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so mommy, mommy was very intentional and she was always about, the word is not banana. You guys said banana? Okay, I'm thinking, dang. So we were, we were introduced to education in ways that was profound. Mm. And I think it, uh, um, it dig a hole and became a root and grew out something wonderful in what my parents can see today. One of my listeners just uh, chime in. Oh, let me do this chronologically. First one, sir, loving the conversation. There are different paths to success. Amen. Right? So I'm glad I was able to so, um, so be you, seen. Yeah, yeah. I sure when they heard the thing, they were like, right? oh, yeah. What? And Dr. Right? Guy, what? Uh, yes, sir. And then Absolutely. the next one, um, there used to be a connection. Uh, the slave revolt in St. John 
on St. John reverberated throughout the Caribbean. Mm. I was reading a book the other day that basically said that revolt may have been a motivating factor to a revolt in Antigua, for a revolt mm. in Antigua. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I talked to people and, you know, the islands were actually communicating. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the liberators, that's the term I'm going, that's how I'm going to look at them, you know. Not yes. the revolters, the liberators Correct. were communicating and, uh, and uh, it, it's important there. So, <clears throat> Ioga, uh, Eastern Caribbean roots, mm-hmm. um, before you um, were born, um, the native naturalized war that exists here uh, in in the Virgin Islands, in retrospect, um, it was expected, mm-hmm. right? But you know, when you look at it, it was also unfortunate, mm-hmm. right? Because if in fact we're all related. Um, just that the boat drop off some in different islands when it mm-hmm. came from the motherland, right? Then um, we were wasting time fighting each other mm-hmm. when we should have been um, finding out what everybody brings to the table okay. so that the the, the collective whole, mm-hmm. no, no, the sum of the parts could make a, a productive and collective whole. Mm-hmm. Your take. Yes. I ring this bell all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every I'm, chance. And I, 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 I don't want to cut you out, but it's easy for me to make the argument. My father was from St. Croix and my mother from Antigua. Okay. So that's why the, the native naturalized argument never really, they never really came to me with it because I would I rejected it because mm. I am the I am the product of native naturalized. Right. And there's the so Virgin many. Islands. Yes. Yes. That's, I think mm-hmm. that's the, the ironic mm-hmm. thing about these debates and, mm-hmm. and culture wars, mm-hmm. however you would like to term it, mm-hmm. is that in fact so many of us are products mm-hmm. of what you might constitute as ancestral native virgin islanders mm-hmm. and individuals from quote-unquote down island mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think you said it well mm-hmm. which is that so much time i believe was wasted having arguments that did not need to happen the way that they did and mm-hmm. there's so much pain yeah. that what, what, that what, what, caused what, 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 like, i think it needs to really uh, we got into a break i ain't got a problem with the arguments it was the way Mm-hmm. Right, and what led to the arguments because yeah. mm-hmm. there, it, there apparently was not a end game or a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have a debate, but we want to at least reach some type of common ground mm-hmm. when right. we're done. That wasn't the case. Look, yes. like we, we were just debating for the sake of debating. Right, you know what I'm saying. And, uh, but it also be- seemed to be a way to not a way, but I also think the debates ultimately created a fracture mm-hmm. that individuals did not seem concerned with repairing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And that is not how you build community. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. A good, a good uh, note to end this segment on. Uh, we got um, uh, the sister doctors uh, <laughs> here in the studio, Dr. Jessica Samuel and uh, Dr. Uh, Gail Ann Guy. Amen. That's what I can about. Real. R-E-A-L. All in caps. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Hi, I'm Peter.
Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Ah, sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy. So take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. Comes with the territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12. And we're back here on Analysis. Uh, we got um, Dr. Jessica Samuel from Real R-E-E-L and uh, her big sister, uh, Dr. Gail Ann Gay, uh, here in the studio. Miss um, um, Samuel and uh, Miss Gay, um, my listeners, for the most part, they don't really like to call this show. They like to text me. I don't know if because they want the, the flow for the conversation to continue. But, mm. but so I read what they tell me. Good morning. Uh, enjoying the discussion. Those sisters can inspire many. Where you start doesn't determine where you finish. Mm-hmm. And I said, as for the 1733 revolt, it served as the impetus for others, particularly the Haitian Revolution. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, again, the Virgin Islands uh, doing doing our thing. Mm-hmm. So talk about real. What is real? Mm-hmm. Real is Radical Education and Advocacy League, mm-hmm. and it is an organization that has been in the making for a few years. Uh, we are an educational consultancy, and our mission is to provide students and those who serve them the tools and resources they need in order to thrive and not just survive whatever their educational or life journeys may look like. We have a specific and deliberate focus on working with historically marginalized students. And that is defined as students who come from low income backgrounds, students who identify as BIPOC, that's black indigenous people of color, um, and students who have been victims of institutional violence um, or environmental violence in whatever form that may take. How do you define radical? Man, radical is against all odds. 
radical is um, beyond the status quo. Radical is liberatory. So we are really intentional with the leveraging of that term because I think a very uh, deliberate departure from how we are accustomed to doing things, the way that we conceive of education and its solutions is necessary for actually providing the types of outcomes we hope to see among our students and community. <clears throat> Dr. Guy, you, you live in the South, mm-hmm. you live in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and then you live in Michigan, mm-hmm. which means Martin Luther King in the South, Malcolm X mm-hmm. in the North. Have you ever read uh, any of their works? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your sister used the word radical. And uh, Malcolm X, I mean, Martin Luther King, nonviolent mm-hmm. protests. Um, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. self-defense, mm-hmm. self-determination, self-respect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about... And, and bl- bl- blend all of those mentalities, mm-hmm. how you see it. From a social work perspective, I think about the intersectionality of who we are and what that really means, the intersectionality and the ecological systems of who we are. So intersectionality is how all the pieces are interconnected and how they work to bring resolutions, solutions in the uh, fight of Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and how we harnessed Right, work with the pieces to get to a solution. And I think that's what they did well. They rally. We talk about community and being radical. Martin Luther King rally. Martin Luther King find himself in places and spaces, right? And 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 sometimes force himself in spaces to have that voice. Malcolm X did the same thing. So I think for us here, when we talk about radical, how can we radically change our current situation? What are some of the pieces that needs to be interconnected mm-hmm. so that we can get that done? It's not just one individual person, mm-hmm. right? But it's all hands on deck. It's all people, all systems, right? Breaking down systems, breaking systems, opening door, educating so that people could understand, right? And changes can be made. So I am all about the intersectionality and all the system that works together. To bring solutions, and for those who are listening, don't believe that I, I, I reference. Like I, I can reference some local, some local uh, outspoken leaders in the past, but don't believe I reference in uh, Martin Luther King and and Malcolm X because I don't know that I like to talk about them. The I have a dream speech. Huntsville That's was radical. actually was actually the the home for that. You might have heard it in D.C., but a year before that, he actually broke it out there. And the reason why I mentioned Michigan <clears throat> for Malcolm X was. He was born in, in uh, Nebraska, but uh, his nickname was uh, Detroit Red. Mm-hmm. He actually lived in Michigan, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I just want to, I don't know, right? So mm-hmm. I got, I, 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 right. I like to make sure I educate mm-hmm. uh, the public. Now, D. Hamilton Jackson, mm-hmm. <coughs> Rachel Francis, mm-hmm. all of these great Virgin Islanders mm-hmm. uh, who made uh, yeah. contributions uh, as well, right? Um, how do we continue to um, to educate Virgin Islanders and our young people as to the main, the major contributions Virgin Islanders have made from back in the 1700s with mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton, what have you, mm-hmm. that actually shaped mm-hmm. our existence today. Yeah. 
How do we do that? It's in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. I think get closer to that microphone. Oh, sorry. It's in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been having a very contentious debate Mm -hmm. around incorporating culturally responsive and sustainable pedagogy within Mm -hmm. our curriculum that is reflective Mm -hmm. of larger Virgin Islands history. Mm -hmm. Divine, divine pedagogy. Since you're using that, that that, that Dartmouth language. Pedagogy. (laughs) This mango. By the way, by the way, I I I use a lot of uh, Ivy League schools today. Dartmouth is the way. It's a school. I see that. I don't know nothing about Dartmouth. (laughs) Yeah, pedagogy is just simply the way that we pursue teaching. It's Mm -hmm. the study and the practice Mm -hmm. of how we teach and learn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to create curriculum and we've been striving to, we being Virgin Islanders, education stakeholders, that really is reflective of our culture. Mm -hmm. And we've been having a a lot of disagreement about whether Mm -hmm. or not that needs to be comprehensive Mm -hmm. through all the subjects and Mm -hmm. make it contextual in that way. Mm -hmm. Or should it be explicit in Mm -hmm. a history class that must be carried out through all grades levels mm-hmm. however it's done i i am an advocate for all of it mm-hmm. however much of it we can do we need to continually infuse our mm-hmm. history in our learning mm-hmm. period right that's just the main goal mm-hmm. and i think we need to always sure that up with what we do culturally within the community so there's some really amazing initiatives taking place we know that in the um the cultural education division of the Virgin Islands Department of Education, mm-hmm. headed by Miss Stephanie Shalana Brown, mm-hmm. she does such incredible work. But she's one person, and mm-hmm. she's a one-man team, you know. Mm-hmm. But she consistently produces all of this relevant cultural material mm-hmm. that can be so relevant. And she goes into the schools mm-hmm. and she exposes students, but that's mm-hmm. not sustainable, mm-hmm. right? And so there are efforts being made, but we have to think systemically mm-hmm. about how can we. Be- make what we're providing systematic mm-hmm. and available consistently throughout all of our educational learning. Mm-hmm. One of my listeners got a question. One would, one would be interested in knowing your guest's thoughts on the subject of retribution, but I believe reparations is really the word, mm-hmm. from Denmark to the Virgin Islands. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think that reparations are due for everybody who's an African descendant mm-hmm. within the Western world. Mm-hmm. Um, and even those who are not in the Western world, in fact, reparations are due for Africans in the continent of Africa because we know how they've pillaged and rampaged that space, that continent. And to this day, we're dealing with the ramifications of that. We see what's happening in Sudan. We see what's happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. These are places where people were being radical, mm-hmm. that they they really generated liberators who were then taken down, mm-hmm. right? Like Patrice Lamamba from DR, Congo, Mm -hmm. and a host of others. And so here in our context, yes, absolutely. I think reparations are due from Denmark Mm -hmm. and also, I would say, even from America. Mm -hmm. And I think that that might seem... But you're acting like as if... That's that's something controversial. It's the truth. For us, I think, well, well we in this context, I will mm-hmm. say yeah. it might seem controversial mm-hmm. because no, no. we are they a own, territory. They, no, they, they, look, they passed laws for us to generate revenue, mm-hmm. specifically at the expense of our environment yes. with, with Hess and Harvey, yes. mm-hmm. and they owe us money. Period. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna no, argument. no, 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 don't, don't, don't feel like as if, you know what I mean? There, there's the need to, and you just use the word contextualize, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That they owe. They owe. Period. And we want our money. Yes. Right? No. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just, I, I could sit down and talk to you all day, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Uh, you're, you're a history buff. Miss Guy, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, Dr. Guy. Mm-hmm. So you, you leave Michigan, you, you were in, um, you were in St. Vincent with, with the family during the pandemic too? Absolutely. How was it? 
it, it was it was an experience to say the least um i find myself mitigating um resources uh for covid i find myself being a safe haven what, what, um, what was covid okay, i didn't mean to cut you out but i i, I don't want to forget to ask this question uh <clears throat> was covid a the educational reality that we needed to experience for us as a people, given food security, you, you were in Saint Vincent, where 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 I would embrace or say Vincent, Vincentians. That's the mm-hmm. tongue to use, right? Mm-hmm. Vincentians embrace agriculture one hundred percent, and you live on Saint Croix, where it's the reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how do we reconcile? I think that's the right way. I gotta be careful the, the language I'm using because I'm just you know impressed with how y'all dominate the English language. How do we reconcile that? Uh, that that imbalance of scale. I think I think when we see smoke, we should expect fire coming mm-hmm. behind. And I think COVID was that smoke for us, mm-hmm. right? And I think here in the Virgin Islands, agriculture needs to be, um, and we do we have we have our, our agriculture department at UVI, but I think it needs to be more um, normalizes the word lack of a better word mm-hmm. in our community with our people. St. Vincent is the open fruit basket, and even in the pandemic time, it was still difficult to get food. Um, so uh, people need to learn to plant. People need to have their vegetation, mm-hmm. and people need to be hyper vigilant about their food sources and so Hy- forth. Hyper vigilant, absolutely. It's, 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 it's we we got to be watching, looking. Is that English class? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I, 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 I love it. No, you, you know that Saint Vincent, Antigua, all these other islands. You know that they were all battling for second back in the day when it come to agriculture behind St. Croix, right? Really? You're from, you're, you're, you're. I kind of learned something about that too for Tartola too. Tartola was the agricultural place one time mm-hmm. in, in Virgin Island history. No, the, the St. Croix was, was the, more, was the really? basket of the, Virgin, of, of the Caribbean. And what happened, Mr. James? Um, we transitioned to, to heavy uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we made a mistake um, mm-hmm. uh, in doing so, we abandoned mm-hmm. agriculture. And and in 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 of course that's fifty sixty years ago. Mm-hmm. Looking back, so we got the benefit of hindsight. But in anything you do in life, mm-hmm. diversification is correct. Is, mm-hmm. is, is absolutely right. uh, uh, must be incorporated right. in everything you do in you, everything because you don't want to put as they proverbially say. Right. We can't eat technology no, 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 and industry. No, no, I was yeah. going to say. The, the, the proverbial statement is eggs. you can't put all your eggs in one in, basket. In one basket. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so that's the mistake we made. And now mm-hmm. here we are importing almost a hundred percent of what we consume. So, mm-hmm. so, so that is not good. Now, <clears throat> now, let's in this last two minutes, how do we get more Virgin Islanders, and in your case, young ladies, to be uh, as articulate? And, and knowledgeable as the Galen guys and the Jessica Samuels of the world? I would say that we actually have a significant number of intelligent Virgin Islanders oh, yes. who are talented, mm-hmm. capable, competent, 
and really invested. I think what we struggle with is providing them space and opportunity to shine. Mm -hmm. We need to create opportunities for all of our accomplished individuals Mm -hmm. to come home Mm -hmm. and be able to stay home and sustain themselves here. Mm -hmm. Paying people $40,000 a year is not enough. Mm -hmm. 33% of our children are living in poverty. Mm -hmm. According to the most recent Kids Count data book produced by the St. Croix Community Foundation, Mm -hmm. Those are alarming numbers and statistics. And what they should indicate to us is that whatever we think we're doing, that's meeting the needs. We we are raving and ranting about how unemployment is the lowest it's been in a long time. And yet these numbers persist. So that has to tell us something. We should deduce that whatever programs we have in place are not substantial enough to ensure that people are living quality lives. Mm -hmm. People love home. I have friends and peers who live in Nevada, Atlanta, New York all over who are from this place even if they may not have been born here their family and their heritage their roots and ancestry are placed here and they want to come back home but they can't afford to live home and so what can we do to ensure that they have opportunities to come back as a a ruffian i'm very bold and and i love god and i trust and i'm faithful and so as an entrepreneur i toughen it out right like i have my right (laughs) thank you i have my consultancy And it's been a journey, right? But not everyone has what it takes, the resources or support Mm -hmm. to run their own business like that. So people need employable opportunities that are going to set them up for success. Mm -hmm. And we need them to be hypervigilant in doing that, right? Hypervigilant. Correct. Yes. I think our young people need mentorship and space. Young. Right, and they need them in high school and well, junior high. Well, what about discipline, though? Like, we, we can't be easy. Well, listen, and mentorship, mentorship also produce discipline, yeah, we right? Can, we can't be easy in them either. So, can't, can't, and when be, I say mentorship, be, <laughs> mentorship includes um, oh, discipline, oh, no, good, good, right? Good, 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 um, so yeah. I think our young people need to be exposed to um, mentorship, which includes discipline. And what I mean by yeah. mentorship, we need programs in the school that but, keeps our students uh, and, we can't, and we, our uh, children. And we can't keep forgiving them when they make mistakes. And that's fine. You know, back in the day... I'm not saying to kill them, but consequences have to be real. Mr. James, back in the day, I think we don't have enough program here in St. Croix, in the Mm -hmm. Regionals, that incorporate children, students, young people, young women, young men. In my day, we had Jackson Talented Teen. Do you know what that did for young people, young women like me at the time? I was a product of that, right? With Miss Claire Roca. Claire Claire is still going. I love that lady. So we need need program, Mr. Neville, in our schools. And and us, as the professional, needs to give back. I want to apologize to both of you because clearly we didn't give her enough time oh. this morning. Thank you very much for joining. Okay. Uh, we didn't get to talk about libraries and, and, and things like that yeah. yesteryear that were good for us. But thank you very much, Dr. Jessica Gamble and Dr. Samuel and Dr. Uh, Gail Angai for joining me this morning. Thank you so much. And I want to thank the USDA um, for joining us in hour number one as well. Be good and be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News, weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.